And then also, I want to give a, also a huge, mega, big, big time shout out to my boy Timmy Hugo over at Ink Parlor because what he's been able to do, guys, is help put my OG nines into vision and put them into production. And like I said, man, um, if you're trying to get your brand up and started and jumping, please hit him up over at Ink Parlor. And then finally, we want to hit up our people Maria and Joe Snow over at New York Life. Helping people to gain their financial freedom every single day and put them on a plan towards what they're trying to get to. And, you know, like I said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those sponsors. And then finally, my boy Savion Gainer over at Skydive Socks. I mean, like I said, this show would be nothing without them. And to have the support of sponsors that, you know, want to, you know, latch on to this dream and, and, and put themselves and back themselves behind something that stands for something. You know, it's the, all the reason why it makes Talk That Talk Show shirts dope. It makes Talk That Talk Show apparel want to be made. Because if at the end of the day, and I was telling this to somebody the other day, if I don't come out here every single week, if you don't see me have an episode on Christmas, if you don't see me have an episode on New Year's Day, then I'm not living through on my promise to bring you all an episode every single Friday. And that is the, the decision that I've made, and that's the decision as to why we're at episode 86. And we're about to bring on, on this show, one of my good friends, one of the biggest Knicks fans next to me. Everyone, please give a big, warm round of applause for Abe Galama! <laughs> big time, big time, Abe. Oh, man, how you feeling, Abe? Here's your mic right I'm here. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. I know we've been trying to plan this for a little bit now, but I'm just happy to be here, ready to talk that talk. Hey, man, and like I said, Abe is somebody that I've played basketball with uh, since we were pretty much little kids, young pups out in the game out in Edison, man. But, you know, it's come a long time, but I know you, Abe, personally. But for those people that may not know you out there, who is Abe Galama? Can you tell these people who you are? Who's Abe Galama? Great question. Um, grew up in Edison, uh, born and raised. Um, I'm a, I'm a guy that just like to have fun, man. I, I like to joke around. I like to laugh. I like to hoop. I like to talk sports. Mm-hmm. I like to just hang out and have a good time. And I also like to do good for my people. So that's a little bit about me, man. All right, dope, man. And one of the things that, you know, we, we told you to do and we wanted you to try and come here before, what was it, uh, I think 8 o'clock or whatever, but you actually had prior obligations before coming on this show. Yeah. So can you try to tell us a little about what you were doing before you came here? Yeah, so I try to go every single Friday in my church in New Brunswick, United Methodist. Uh, we give out food to the uh, less fortunate um, try to get plates together, hand out food, and we also have a clothing drive there as well every Friday. So I was there right before I got here, uh, so got here a little bit late, but that's just one of the things I try to do every single week if I can, uh, just really try to help out and give back. And, and how did this kind of start about where, you know, you tried to give food, you know, give the meals back and, and to do that community service? That's something that you've been doing? Or is like, where did that come from? Yeah, it's actually something I've been doing Um Starting with my church. So I've been in my church for over 25 years now. And we've done a lot of different uh, community product uh, projects, community outreach, and things like that. So that's why that a lot of those things were instilled in me, a lot of those values. So now that I'm older, I try to just do it on my own mm-hmm. and try to give back as much as I can. Now, and, like, you know, for those people also out there that may not exactly get 
the chance to do the community service and a lot of the work that, you know, I even with done at nonprofit that what you choose to do on your own. But, you know, how important do you think it is to give back to the community? You know what I'm saying? It's extremely important. Um, when you when you get a chance to talk to some of these people that are in these tough situations, you really get to understand their story. And honestly, it could be you or me at any given point. And when you really get to listen to their stories and you learn from them and you hear them, um, it just puts things in perspective for you. And it, it really helps you understand like, hey, this could be me. I'm going to value everything that I have. I'm going to value everything that I got. And again, I'm going to give back to them. So um, I think it's extremely important for people to always, if you can, even a little bit helps. Like, again, just do it for you. Go out there, have a good time with it, and just try to show love. Facts, man. And one of the things that we have seen as well, we talk about, you know, being leaders of our community, right? Um, you know, I've seen that, you know, what you've done is on Facebook, you know, you've extended out the hand and you said that anybody that, you know, wants or needs any type of help during the holiday times, don't be afraid to, to reach out to you and, you know, you'll help them out. So, you know, what, you know, where did that come from? And like, you know, why is it so important to you to try and help out other people? I love helping people. I genuinely, genuinely love it. And um, I've been I've been fortunate in my life. I've been fortunate in my life. I've been I've been blessed with with, with very good success thus far, and I just I just love to give back. Mm -hmm. if, 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 there's there's so many people out there that they try their hardest every single day, but may not be able to achieve that success. And if I can help somebody lessen a burden a little bit or help them get from point A to point B, I'm gonna do that. Hey, and we have uh, Peter Dunn here. He says, hey, we appreciate your uh, your work, bro. And, hey, I took Thank the sticker man. off for you, Peachy, so we're throwing <laughs> that out of there. All right, that's gone. But, um, you know, one of the things also that you, you should be very proud of is that, you know, if you've moved yourself to a leadership position at Amazon, right, mm -hmm. and, you, you know, been doing really well with that. So, you know, can you kind of talk about how you were able to, you know, work yourself into the leadership position mm -hmm. and what does it kind of take to get there for somebody that's looking in saying, how do I get up there? How do I make myself in a leadership position like eight yeah so start off at amazon um as your entry-level manager and honestly i just grinded i grinded every single day and i just tried to be a good person i tried to put people in positions to move up so i'm i, I love developing people mm -hmm. so that's one of the biggest things i did while i was at amazon i really worked on um, getting people to become supervisors, coaching them. I would go on my off days and I'll, I'll help you with your resume. I'll help prep you for your interviews. So that's that's kind of the things that, that I've kind of done to help um, people in, in those positions. For me, you just got to grind. Amazon is all about the grind. Mm -hmm. I've, I've worked three weeks straight. I've done 18-hour shifts. I've come in on my off days. I just grind. I've tried to learn how the system works. Um, how to be a better manager, mm -hmm. um, how to be, and I, it, it's given me pretty great success. So um, for anybody that's looking to get in, hit me up. Like I said, I'll, 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 I will do everything in my power to help uh, get your foot in the door and beyond. And, and that's the thing, man. A lot of people, you know, they look for opportunities. They're saying that they're desperate to try and get these. But then when the opportunity opportunities presented they might not exactly take advantage of yep. it to the fullest you know so how have you been able to hone in and just try to take advantage of every opportunity that's been given to you i'm not afraid mm. i'm not afraid say that one more time i'm not afraid i'm not afraid to fail and i think that's the biggest thing i truly if you 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 fall if you fall get back up mm -hmm. every single time i failed a thousand times i'm going to continue to fail but ultimately i i'm any challenge that's given to me i'm nervous but, hey, I'm going to try my best. I'll ask people that have done it, hey, 
What can I learn from you to succeed in this role? I'm very good at asking people. I'm not afraid to ask questions. Nothing's a dumb question. And I, I really like to, to, to rely and lean on people that have been in positions for guidance. Mm-hmm. And I kind of take that and I kind of just roll with that. So, you know, we talk about influence and you talk about you being a leader and you being someone that, you know, influences people to be better and to do bigger things. Right. You know, who was it in your life, Abe, that kind of influenced you to be that person or to be that leader? That's a good question. (laughs) I would say really my dad. Okay, I'd say really my dad. Um, He's always he's always told me do the right thing be the best person that you can be. He's always pushed me to kind of be better, elevate to be better, um, always be the best I can be. So I would say it probably has to be my dad has kind of always pushed me to, to, to have that boots on the ground mentality. I mean, my dad came here from Sierra Leone, West Africa, started off as a dishwasher, mm. um, ended up becoming a, a business analyst throughout mm-hmm. his career, has a master. So he's, he's he is the, the embodiment of hard work and really just putting your nose to the ground and just getting it done. And I and I talk and I hear you. The main thing I heard there is, you know, put your boots to the ground. Shout out to Shug, who's on our Instagram live stream. Shout out to Theo on our Facebook live stream. He says you got a great husband, Melanie Blue. Shout out to your <laughs> wife, Melanie, who's probably tuned in as well too. Stephen William here on our Facebook live stream. But you know what we've seen is is that you know for me personally, you talk about having your boots on the ground and really you know embodying that work ethic and trying to grind. And what I've seen is you know we've seen this pandemic who's really just crippled, you know, people as a whole, you know what I'm saying? And it's really kind of put us in an off kilter and and kind of changed up our routines a lot of time. And you have someone like me who's lost their job where, you know, you're coming in with a college degree and now you're struggling, you know what I'm saying? And, and, And I think, like I said, the biggest perception is that, you know, you're not exactly working as hard, even though, you know, things might not be going your way as far as, you know, with the job search and with the unemployment. But, Like I said, one of the things that I've talked a lot about is how this podcast has really infused me and really try and, you know, motivate me to to get something more, even though I have, you know, seen that failure and have been a part of an 85% layover. You know, I've been able to build this podcast to where you have an OG8 or an OG9 on, and I have people that are tuned in 17. I mean, seven people tuned in here. So I guess the main thing that I'm trying to, to get at is, you know, through this, you know, heartache and through the tribulations, something beautiful has blossomed here with this talk that talk show so i guess my question to you is you know you invest a lot of your time here in the amazon and to, to building yourself is there any type of other ventures that you have kind of gotten yourself into beyond just the the average nine to five? Oh, of course of course you know me i'm a hustle okay so uh one of my other ventures that i have right now is uh green griffin properties okay uh with my boy ty okay shout um, out to ty ty and uh, we have about uh four other partners so there's six of us and right now we are doing fix and flips so mm-hmm. we will buy homes we'll renovate them sl- sell them um our goal is to continue that process until we have enough till we can get into commercial real estate oh man uh, so we can really sell Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hell yeah! So it's man. been a good year, um, at least for us. Uh, twenty twenty twenty. Uh, we basically are working on two flips right now that we're about to sell shortly, and then we should have about four more properties coming into twenty twenty one that will be ready to renovate. So, uh, it, it's 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 been a blessing in that sense that we were able to make these moves and just trying to take it day by day, just trying to make something, man. And I think the the huge thing that I also heard here is that. Um, you know, the big thing is, you know, goals, you know, you have actual goals. So how are you able to then set up those goals or set up to where this is something that I'm trying to achieve? Five-year plan. 
everybody needs to set up a five-year plan. And and it, it's it's easy to just go, well, I just want to take it day by day. But if you don't know what your look, if you don't know what your goals are. What are you going to do? Right? Exactly. You don't know what you're pushing for. You don't know what you're working hard. So for me, I have my five-year plan. I have my 10-year plan. And then I, I kind of envision, okay, what do I want to give my kids, my children? What type of life do I envision for them? So that's always at the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. as I'm trying to always just to position myself in different avenues, just trying to, I just want a piece of the pie, man. Facts. I, I just want a piece of the American pie that, the, that everybody talks about. Right, and everybody <laughs> says that, you know, the American pie, you know, and the American dream is still attainable. And so I guess for right now, you know, we have Stephen Jones who says, I don't think the pandemic crippled people. Mentally, if you have the motivation, you will provide for your family. And that's completely understandable, and that's true. But I think that there becomes a certain threshold past whatever mental capabilities. I mean, I don't see myself as weak. I don't see. I see myself as one of the strongest mental persons out there, and I'm working, putting out what five, ten applications a day. But what does that do for me right now? So I think there's a certain threshold beyond just your mental to where yes, it has crippled people, and and I, and I may not have used the word crippled correctly, but what I will say is is that it was definitely uh, been a roadblock for a lot of us. But you know, like we said. You know, for roadblocks out there, different things that come in our life, there's two different ways that you can take it. You can flip it positively and make something of yourself and try and make things, like you say, for your future generations. Or you can sit and sulk about it, you know, and you can sit there and say, oh, shit is so terrible. Like, I have no way of getting out. So, like, I know you talk about your motivations here and, you know, some of the things that have kind of influenced you. But how is it, and, and speaking to his point here, how is it, how are you able to, you know, continue to push through when you have faced certain frustrations and you have seen certain adversities and maybe you haven't exactly gotten the outcomes that you've wanted? That's a great question. Right? Honestly, it comes down to the goals that I have set up for myself in my life. Again, what type of life do I want for my kids? And I think a lot of a lot of times, a lot of the decisions that we make, we don't understand that there's ramifications to those decisions, right? Like any wrong decision that I may potentially make, and I, I'm going to make a lot of wrong decisions, but they could impact me mm-hmm. significantly where my success could go a whole 180, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of gives me the motivation that any 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 anytime I, I struggle or I'm going through a rough patch, I kind of just try to keep that in the forefront. Yeah. Just kinda, life is hard, man. Like life is hard. And like you just, like you just said, you can work as hard as you possibly can. And that lottery ball is not going to bounce your way. Facts. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's more than just, Oh, well, if you just work hard and you pick yourself up by your bootstrap, that's not realistic. Yeah. It's not realistic. Um, there has to be a little bit of good fortune in that as well. Facts, man. And, you know, when you get good fortune, you got to make the best of it. Absolutely. And one of the things that we have seen is a lot of people have debated about whether the amount was enough, but we did see that some of us got a $6, I mean, $600 check, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in our bank accounts. And that was the stimulus that a lot of us did get. Some of us will get that soon to come. I think it was less than people that make 75000 Mm -hmm. So, you know, for you, did you fall in that category? And if you did get that stimulus, if you didn't, you know, what, what do you think that people should do with that? You know, um, so no, I did not, but ultimately you have to do what's best for you at that point in time. If you are in a good position, invest that 600 facts. I will tell you that right now, invest that 600, but like I said, life is hard. Yeah. And if you got to put food on the table, you have to, you got to get, Diapers for your child, you have to do that. Facts. Not everybody's situation is the same. So you have to judge your own situation and make the most educated decision that you can. Um, but if you can, invest, invest, invest. And I'm going to keep saying it, invest. Facts. Microsoft, Apple, 
Tesla. <laughs> any o- any you, other good anyone's out there you want to tell? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't know too much about the crypto space, but invest any way you can invest and don't just invest in penny stocks and those low stocks were like invest in top companies why because they're always going to return apple you get to consistent product every single year microsoft you get a consistent product every single year invest in these top companies because you know you're going to get the returns you don't have to you don't have to wake up every single day oh did they slide down did they go up <laughs> did they go down you don't have to stress about it facts um like we said we have vitamin z who said crypto you have p who says energy sector you know there's a lot of different things that you can invest your time and money and energy into and you know the main thing and i think that what i was trying to get abe to say which he did perfectly is that you know if you do get a lot of you know some of these extra funds or not even just talking about the stimulus but if you get if you know if you can save five dollars a day you know Mm -hmm. just think how long that could take you and what you could do with that and i think that that's something that i wish that i had learned earlier on in my life is that you know the value of just saving the dollar because you know now that I have that opportunity you know I can't tell you the feeling that I felt when I was finally able to put X amount of dollars and have that saved into my account amidst uh, uh, an unemployment time where I got laid off and too and like I said that's a testament to the hard work but at the end of the day like you said to to you know, sometimes just putting your bootstraps to the ground mm-hmm. it's not enough and that's why you have to have those those um personal influences or those things that are able to take you not just away from reality but just give you you know that little boost or that little fun to just you know incite you and get you ready to get back at the grind so for you you know i know that we're big knicks fans we're going to get into that i promise you very soon but you know what is it for you that enables you to you know kind of distance yourself away from the grind so that you can have fun and you can come back energized you guys know me. I like to have fun. So ultimately, I'm never going to put myself in a position where it's like, I'm just going to work, 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 work. I like to hang out with my friends. I love to play video games. I love to go and shop. I love to watch TV. I love to watch Knicks games. So I try not to put that much pressure on myself on a on a, on a a regular basis. There are some weeks when, hey, I got to grind, but I make sure, hey, I grinded this week. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a take a couple of days here. You just kind of got to feel it out. Mm-hmm. You got to feel it out and um, don't overwork yourself. You can't like... You can't just be like, oh, yeah, I worked two weeks straight. That's not a good thing. Yeah, you know. Mental health is real. Mental health is absolutely real, and you have to take care of yourself. Well, you know, I'd say this, and this is my last question before I get into Nick's, because, guys, we have an agenda. We got two guests (laughs) on the show, but a lot of people said Abe has to come back in 2021, which, you know, he definitely will later on in the year, but. You talked a big thing about mental health, and I think that is extremely important, and especially for you as a manager at Amazon, how important do you think it is to have mental health as a priority for your employees? It's huge. It's huge. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you a quick story. Uh, when I first started at Amazon, typically every morning, I'll walk around my entire floor, and I would say good morning to all of my associates. And one day, somebody stopped me like, hey, are you, are you a manager? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, Nobody's ever said good morning to us. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, I paused for a second. I was like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, managers typically don't talk to us. And it, 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 was, it was shocking to me. It was kind of weird. It was like, that's just a basic thing, right? So you have to be able to care for your employees. I, I made sure I, when, when I was in the, uh, in the fulfillment center, every morning, good morning, how are you? How are your kids? How's your family? How's things going? What do you need? How can I help? And those little things, you can, you can, that, that really changes somebody's day. To have to go into work every single day, especially Amazon, it's tough work. Mm-hmm. It's tough work. You're on your feet 10 hours a day. And without, without our 
tier one associates, those are what make Amazon go. Without them, we're nothing. Facts. Zero. It's nada. Like we don't we don't do anything without them. So you have to make sure that you make time for them. You take care of them, and you, when they express their concerns, you listen. You truly listen, and you kind of help them out. Mental mental health truly does matter, and you 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 have to be able to. If you need help, seek that help. Facts. Seek that help and talk to your friends. Talk us, especially as in the black community, we don't talk enough mm. between between each other. And I think it's important that when you're going through any struggle, don't bottle it up. Mm-hmm. Talk to one of your friends. Hey, I'm going through this. We have to trust each other. Um, we, we, we have to be able to to communicate. And I, I think once we're able to do that, we'll be able to start see, we'll be able to start to see some positive positive from that. Facts, and I think that you know that's part of the reason what makes this this podcast so important as well too, because we talk about you know the lack of communication or so, sometimes lack of empathy within our community. But you know, I think one of the things that this show you know tries to do is highlight people's voices and give everybody a voice here. And you know, I just appreciate you for coming here on the show because one of the things that I pride you on and what I see you know just in passing on social media is that you're really not afraid to to speak your mind. Nope. And you're not afraid to be yourself sometimes at the at the cost of maybe a block or you know some some ill words on facebook but you know i kind of you know i want to bring that to just ask the question of you know you see here with you know me on facebook i traditionally use my facebook you know just for this podcast Mm -hmm. um to highlight different things that i'm doing or you know to highlight different drops and releases and you see sometimes people use Facebook in, in, in not the same way in terms of a positive light or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that tends to almost get you, in a way, to some altercations on the social media. So where do you think the line is crossed on what social media and Facebook in particular is used for? I think it has to be used for all these things. I think mm-hmm. it has to be used to talk about social justice, what's going on in the world. Talk about... to. Um, um, talking about your business and what you do your podcast the, the it's 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 a it's a forum for everything mm-hmm. and it encompasses everything and hey if you don't want to follow that person as you said you could block them right yeah. but i think it's important that people voice their opinion uh say what needs to be said um one thing i'm working on and just being more respectful because okay. i have at times especially when i get angry or upset <laughs> i can become extremely disrespectful which isn't really a good thing mm-hmm. so i am working on on when i do have my debates and i do have my I, my discussions that i just try to be respectful but you got to come with facts or don't come at all facts. at the end of the day if you're not coming with facts, you're just telling me stories. I don't know what you really want me to do at that point. And, and you know, <laughs> you've been able to, you know, really in, in a way put people in their places and not just that, but help them. And I, I'll say this in a respectful way, but to see the bigger picture, right? Absolutely. To see the bigger picture. So I guess, you know, from the different um, things that you've had on social media and from the different things or tussles, or I guess you could say that you've had with people, you know, what is one of the reoccurring themes or what's something that you generally see the most out of people that you tend to argue with on the social media? I don't think people understand the struggle of the, the poorer class. Mm. And I don't think people understand the struggle of being a minority in America. Facts. I think I think until you've truly walked in the shoes, you really don't know. And that's why I try to say you're not going to know, but you have to understand. And that's what I think we lack even as a country. We don't really have much empathy. Mm. Mostly it's like, oh, well, that didn't happen in my life, but your life isn't the basis of the world. And, yo, the biggest thing that I can say to that 
uh, Abe, is you're 100% right. Because one of the things that became an influential topic as far as this upcoming election, the thing that happened was that uh, student loan forgiveness, and that was mm -hmm. a big topic. And that was something that I really took into because that's something that directly affects my life. And to have people that I went to you know, college with, that went to high school with, you know, shared the same space with, that are saying that you know, student loan forgiveness is immoral, <laughs> and just because you know, I was able to pay. Why should someone else, you know, get help? You know, I think that it speaks to what you're saying is that, you know, we as a people just don't understand as a whole the, the struggle that it comes with not only just being black or, you know, without, you know, just having that financial freedom, but just what it is to be an American, man. I think that, you know, above all, there's a lot of different walks of life that affect us and that make things difficult. And I think that specifically me with that student loan thing, you know, I think that that was very, you know, how can I say, selfish or like you said. Ab ab absolutely. <sighs> yeah, keep talking. And, 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 I'll, and, I'll, and I'm going to be quite frank. I have no skin in the game. I don't have student loans. Like I said, I was fortunate. My parents paid for my education. So it's not like, oh, well, I have loans. So like you're done. Up. I'm already like, done. Up. I already good, paid them off. No, I have no skin in the game. But at the end of the day, even if I did have loans and I had already paid them off or whatever, right? Why would I be upset at somebody else? Not getting having, help. Yeah, getting <laughs> you help. know what I'm saying? It, it like, just doesn't make sense. Like I'm not the type of person where it's like, oh, well, well, I didn't get a slice of pie, so you can't get a slice of pie either. Like it just it just doesn't make sense to me. And I again, I think we have to start looking at empathy. And again, not everybody's situation has to be fair. I think we 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 confuse everything with being fair instead of everything being equal. Mm. And and I, I think we have to understand is if you're fortunate in life, obviously you may not need much assistance, but there are people that legitimately go to school because they were probably told to go to school. I mean, our parents have always taught us that it's important to go to school. You take on 100K, 200K in debt. Fast. That's not something to come back from, especially if you're getting a job paying 40K a year. When do you expect to pay that off? Facts. With interest on top of that, man? I can't tell you to invest your money and invest in business and put in the stock market when you have 200K holding uh, on top of your head. It just doesn't make sense. So yeah. um, that has to be a number one priority, um, alleviating student loans and and. Hopefully, Mr. Biden does it, but we'll, uh, yeah. we'll see. That that remains to be seen, right? <laughs> but one of the things that we do know... Hold on, we said my boy Kevin Hart is spitting right now. Yo! <laughs> he said my boy looks like Kevin Hart. No! Yo, my fan base is ruthless, man. I tell you. But nah, <laughs> keep it in the buck. <laughs> yeah, that's it, never going to leave me, yo, man. Oh, my God. But keep it in the buck, like... One of the, the, uh, the real things that we do have and that we do share is that we are huge primetime Knicks fans. And we could not have you on this show without talking some Knicks, right? Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. You know, shout out to my boy, boy Shook Matthew, who's a big fan of this show. But he was able to give me a little itinerary of Knicks questions that he wanted answered. So I, I, I think that, you know, this is something that we can both answer here and share this, right? So I'm going to run through some questions and you just give me some answers and I'll, and I'll talk to you about Let's it. Let's do it. Right? Let's do it. First question on the agenda. And guys, if you are any type of fans of Knicks or anything like that, feel free to put them in the thread, right? So the first question, do you think OB Toppin and his expectations are as high as Kevin Knox and R.J. Barrett? No. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about no. that? Um, so OB Toppin 1 is a four-year player, right? So I feel like he's already 
maybe at the peak of what he's going to be as a player. Mm-hmm. I envision Obi though as an Amari type of player, but I'm also not sure because he's a little bit undersized as well. Um, mm-hmm. You could tell like when he's playing, like obviously he's what six eight, six nine, but he's he's very small, he's very thin and, and quick, very and quick. laterally quick, very laterally quick. Um, he needs to stop shooting that jump shot too much, get in the post. But um, I don't know if he has the same level of upside of, of of expectation but he should be better though than definitely kevin knox yeah rj if he can get a jump shot rj will give you 23 24 game i hope i truly believe that but he has to get that jump shot yeah and we have uh shug who's i mean uh ishabai crane who says kevin knox is booty we have theo that says frank is boo boo and you know what I, I i i have to agree because those type of players are you know guys that we drafted as first round picks you know there was our first round draft picks and when you draft a first round guy you're expecting them to be direct change makers you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. and what we've seen is frank is Falling out of rotation. Mm-hmm. We've seen that Kevin Knox can't sit, hit the side of a barn, and he was drafted as a three-point specialist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I see, and, and to go back to the question of do I think OB top is expectations, I think that they are higher than an R.J. Barrett and a Kevin Knox because what we've seen is is Kevin Knox has kind of showed us that he's he's not exactly living up to those. Mm-hmm. And even if he completes himself or if he, you know, magically – you know, gets better over the course of this year, he's still behind on the progress of what we were supposed to intended to have him yep. in. And kind of with R.J. Barrett, who having that upside, we are kind of labeling him as that franchise player, right? Mm-hmm. And we've kind of seen the skill set. Mm-hmm. He's shown us what he can do. Mm-hmm. But I think the expectations are a little bit more higher on an OB Toppin because here you're coming as the national player of the, of the year, year. Yeah. in the toughest media place in America to win games. And you're expected to come in and you're hurt. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think that he has a, a, a much larger uphill battle. And, you know, we just got to see how things shake out, man. But to lead into the next question we have here, do you think players are as quick to respond as a defensive-minded Tom Thibodeau? So far they are. Yeah. So far they are. I think we the defense we're playing right now, we don't look lost. No. I think I think in years past when you watch the they swing the ball two, three times, Knicks are scrambling all over the place. <laughs> open shots. Open shots all over the place. Easy dunks. So I wanna say they're responding well. Yeah. I think defensively we're playing we're playing extremely well than I even expected. Yeah, man. Offensively, I mean, we just gotta get it clicking there and, and we, we can we can really make some noise. I mean, think about what they did to Toronto. They had a a, a, a Toronto team a that struggled game. to score a hundred points. And you talk about, I think the main thing that you speak about defensively with the Knicks that's changed is effort. Yes. And Tom Thibodeau has really increased the effort of this Knicks active team. Active hands. And I've seen, like you said, active hands. We saw Kevin Knox dive on the floor and create a transition opportunity. These are all things that we did not see last season. Yep. And that we've seen that Tom Thibodeau has kind of um, incited this team to play defense. I mean, how many times did you see people running off of the three-point line yeah. last year? I mean, that's a joy to see, man. But... You know, as we talk about the you know the influence that Tom Thibodeau's had on this team, we got to talk about you know the people that are kind of lagging behind. So you know, from what you see in these first couple games, who do you think's on the chopping block for the Knicks? DSJ. 
Ooh, Dennis Smith Jr. Talk about it. Dennis Smith Jr. got to go. I mean, I don't know what it was. It's like he can't find his offensive game. He's not really creating. He's definitely a liability on defense. Um, ultimately, I'm going to take him. I'm going to take Frank over him. Mm-hmm. And even at this point, I'll take Kevin Knox over him just because Kevin Knox has size Facts. over DSJ. I mean, we have enough point guards. Manuel, quickly. Yeah, please. hopefully get him back soon. We get him back soon. But I, I think DSJ got to go. Um, he's... He was. I don't. I still don't know to this day why we even traded for him. But it's it's fine. Yeah, it's and fine. you know what? I think that hopefully, you know, what we've seen here in this free agency and what we've seen over the past, I guess, year, I guess you can say, is that the Knicks got considerably young quick, and with mm-hmm. that, that comes some upsides and some downsides, and there's going to be some growing pains. But I think the general direction that the Knicks are moving in is a younger direction, and it's either a younger get out of the way movement. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, what we've seen from these, you know, these players and over these pe- first couple games, it's going to be very crucial to the progress that the Knicks make because these players that are leaned on, especially during injury plague times where you don't even have eight players that you can play. I mean, the Knicks played a short bench just two nights ago. It, you're really going to depend on those supplemental players. Yep. And that's what we're going to have to see from the, from the Knicks up, upcoming is how do those supplemental players play. But I think this is going to be a great question. And uh, shout out to Shook because you really hit the nail on the head with these questions, brother. Shout out to you. But he asks, has Mitchell Robinson peaked? And how can the, how can he stay out of foul trouble? I really hope not he hasn't peaked because <sighs> that man is athletic. He has a heart. He's, what, 20, 19 yeah, years old? Yeah, the guy's young. He. Mitchell Robinson can really be one of the best centers in this league if he just does two things. Stays on his feet. He doesn't need to bite at every single pump fake. Right. And if he could just develop just a little eight-foot jump shot, just a little something, maybe a little hook shot, just to keep the defense honest, Mitchell Robinson can be a really good player. I still think he has to bulk up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even work on his balance. He sometimes looks a little bit goofy or yeah. a little bit. And complaining to the refs a lot. Yeah. And I think that that happens with young players to where you know they're constantly complaining. And that's where I'm going to lean on Thibodeau to try and stop that with this Nick team. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that we've seen over these past couple games is a lot of complaining to the refs as the other team's going back yeah. on transition. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to lean on Thibodeau to try and fix that and correct that. And, you know, you talk about Mitchell Robinson just having that upside and being that person that can really change the game defensively. He's really a defensive anchor. You know, and, and, and I really look to see him develop that short-range jumper that you talked about. But, again, we have to talk about the work that you're putting in and what is it that you're working on to get better. Better. They don't say that practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect, right? And what we've seen from Mitchell Robinson in this offseason is he's doing the shake and bake. He's doing all of this on Instagram. But do you see him doing that shit in the game? Not doing it in the game. He's not doing it in the game. So what I'm He's even shooting threes, too, even in... in, That's what I'm saying. So if you're practicing this stuff... Where is that translating into the game? So that's why I have to be really on the the coaching staff with the Knicks or whatever trainers that are on Mitchell Robinson that are aiding in his progress. How are you training him? Is he running uh, run with some bumps? Is he getting better? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see videos of this guy, you know, doing this, and he's not even doing that shit in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, practice what you're going to do in the game. You know? Amen. So uh, I think we got a couple questions on here left, but you know, one of the things that we have here is, you know, what are your realistic expectations of the Knicks right now, Abe? I want 35 wins. 35 wins is I, a lot. That's I, a lot. I want 35. I think it's a good starting point for us. There's no reason why we can't 
get 35 wins, especially with yo Alec Burks. Man has been playing real yes, I, solid. I hope he gets ball healthy soon, us. man. He needs to real get healthy soon. Real solid ball for us. So like, if he's averaging what maybe 20 right now off the bench, yeah, I think maybe 18, 18 off or 20 the off bench the bench at that man. So he's a really solid piece for there. Obviously, he doesn't fit into the long term goal of the Knicks, but at least for this season, there's no reason why with, with this team we got a young team, we got a team that got heart. We're playing defensive minded basketball. Like I said, even a game like yesterday. We were in that game for almost three and a half quarters, and then it kind of got away from us. But I was due to our defense. Defense couldn't win us 35 games. We just mm. gotta, but at the end of the day, in this modern-day NBA, we got to put the ball in the basket. We Fast. can't hit three threes in a game if and miss sh- 20 straight. If you're shooting three for 30, chances are you're going to lose that Talking game. Talking to you, Reggie Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, this is going to be our last question, you know, with the Knicks. And, again, shout-out to Shook Matthew for some great Knicks questions. Boy, I tell you right now. Boy. You know, real Knicks fans know how to talk to Knicks fans. And shout-out to the, the stream tonight. we got Carlos Corrales, Anthony Colello, Theo Mahan, Stephen Jones, Danny Rosa, Krista Garrett, uh, Bryce Allen, uh, Mike Greer, Derek Armani, Melissa Kish, uh, we got so many people. Reese Smith on our Instagram live stream uh, is really booming today. And I thank you guys all for your support. And, you know, like I said, this is this is the Talk That Talk show. And we have an amazing fan base. And, you know, for them to come out for us, and you know, it means all the world to me, bro. But, you know, I got to ask you, bro, how much do you feel that James Dolan has contributed to the Knicks' demise? Everything. Everything? I hate him. <laughs> And I don't hate anybody. He has to go. Please, please. He has to go. To the darkest depths of the world and never come back. In please. Any, in any business, it starts from the top. There's a reason why even teams that don't have a lot of talent, but they're always in the conversation. The Spurs, why? Good organization, top down. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, good organization, top down. The Lakers, good organization, top down. The Knicks don't have that. We change GMs every year, Fact. presidents every other two years. Yep. And that all starts with Dolan because Dolan's always going in for, I need the big money player and I need it now. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we never would have traded the house for Carmelo Anthony and right. we would have waited until the offseason, and we still would have had Mozgov potentially. We still would have had Chandler. We still would have had Gallinari. Imagine what that Knicks team would have been with those pieces. Gallinari's a solid piece. Chandler's a solid piece. My, these guys turned out to be very solid NBA players. Yeah. But Dolan stepped in and said, nah, I want Carmelo now. We threw the whole house, and now look. And you know <laughs> what? I think that that's one of those situations where, you know what, um, Maybe it is tough, tough, and maybe we shouldn't have traded for Carmelo. But when you look at what they traded, I mean, what? And Amon Shumpert, who really didn't do much after his career ended. Uh, Wilson Chandler, who I don't think he's in the league, didn't play a full season ever in his career. Um, Gallinari, who just got hurt. You know, we we got guys that we traded pieces that traditionally weren't exactly the healthiest guys. And did we get a Carmelo Anthony? Yes, we did. And we got a sample size, and we went to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Again, it's kind of We would have beat Miami that year, too. We hadn't lost to Miami at we home. We would have beat season. Miami that All year. All Melo had to do was lay it off the glass. But what does this guy do? He tries to dunk it on Roy Hibbert, and here we are, right? So, you know, it's been tough, man. It's been a tough road ahead. But, you know, I will say this. Um, and I think that, you know, in closing, you know, for this, I'll, I'll throw this shit away. But um, I definitely just want to hear from you, bro, like especially as somebody that's such a diehard Knicks fan like I am. And I'll answer this, too. But I want to hear from you because uh, we have Jeffrey who says the Nets are going to win the East. And, I, and that might be the case. But there's something Spencer that what he heard. Right. I mean, we don't know. 
But, you know, there's something that goes into being a Knicks fan. So can you tell me, you know, before we close this, you know, what does it mean to you being a Knicks fan, Abe? It's tough. It's tough. But I I love the Knicks, man. I don't know what it is. I come back every single year. I'm motivated at the start of the season. I Like I said, I watch almost every single Knicks game, no matter where I'm at. I used to be in class, and I would have the Knicks game on my, on my iPad while I'm in class. I watch every single game. It's it's something about the Garden. It's something about uh, New York. Yes. It's, some, it's just something about that team that the day the Knicks win a championship, I – Tears will flow from my face. Oh my god! Because we've we, we've endured it all. Like I was there when Marty Collins was our starting point guard. Marty Collins. <laughs> I was there with Jerome James. I was, Ronaldo Balkman. Ronaldo Balkman. <laughs> who was with the eighth pick? <laughs> oh my god! I think he was with the eighth pick. Like I was there for that. So oh, I, I, Landry I love, Fields. <laughs> I, I, Landry Fields. I, who, he wasn't bad. I don't know what happened. He was, but you know, oh man, it's just. But, I, I I I just love New York, man. I love the fans. I love the passion. I I love I love the Garden and. I, I just want to see them do well. And again, I want them to build a team the right way. We don't have to keep going after these big, big money free agents and trying to throw everything at the at, with the kitchen sink. We can build organically the same way the Spurs do, the same way Warriors do. Remember, Steph Curry was drafted. You know what I mean? Clay was drafted. Draymond was drafted. Like, they built it organically, and I want the Knicks to do the same. So we're not always in this precarious every single season. What agent is going to the Knicks this year? Every yeah. single summer. <laughs> like, it, like it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. And I tell you what, like, being a Knicks fan to me, Abe, it's the world, man. I mean, I, I for, you know, a long time, I felt like I had the greatest job in the world because I grew up watching Knicks games on my father's lap on a green chair that, you know, it was falling apart, you know. But, um, you know, that that is the, you know, my earliest memories of John Starks driving baseline. And, and I feel like with a lot of other sports teams, you have people that can be diehard Cowboys fans. You can be diehard Yankees fans. But it means something to be a Knicks fan because you had to have some sort of testicular fortitude yeah. to not only – support a team that's been so terrible for so long but but to 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 dispel all the toxic comments that you hear about the knicks and you know i, I heard a, a very important comment that jj watt made i don't know if you heard it not too long ago but you know they asked him how do you get up for for a game when you're four and ten and he said that you know he has the greatest job in the world. You know what I'm saying? The greatest job in the world. You get paid millions of dollars to go out and play a game. So how can you not put your best foot forward? And I feel like for us Knicks fans, it's been very hard because you have guys that are getting paid top-tier dollars that aren't putting their best foot forward when you're investing your time. You're surrounding your day based off of a Knicks game for them to get fucking blown out by 20 points. <laughs> and that's very frustrating, you know? So for me, you know, when I'm looking at these Knicks, you know, and I look for these next couple weeks and, and months to come, I just want them to make my time worth it. Amen. Make it my time worth it to come watch that game and say, you know what? Okay, we got blown out by 20, but you held the Toronto Raptors to just 100 points. Yep. You know, I can attribute that to maybe a tough shooting night. And what we've seen from the Knicks is that they're playing harder. And for somebody like me who's grown up, who's grown up in Jersey, you know, who's dealt with the brunt of the jokes all growing up, I just want my team to play hard. Yep. And I think that as a Knicks fan, that's something that we all can look forward to from yep. these Knicks is because watching those games, they're playing harder. And, and, and for me, 
That's what the, the Knicks and what being a Knicks fan was all about because when I watched those games in the 90s, there was no team that played harder than the New York Knicks. Knicks you know, So as Absolutely. a fellow Knicks fan, I thank you for supporting with me, thank Abe. You. And one of the great things that we do here on this show, shout out to VW Liquors. Shout out to Caroline. We got her a nice uh, Christmas present. And in return, she actually wound up giving me a very nice beer for us to try out here on the show today. So one of the things that we do is we do a ceremonial beer review. You think you're up for it? Let's do it. Hey, so real quick today, I have a beer for you. It's by Red Tank. Shout out to Caroline again over at VW Liquors. And this is called Quentin Quarantino Pale Ale. All right? So this is a 5% beer. It's going to be a little bit something to give you a little bit of kick. But at the same time, it's light enough to drink a couple of them, right? So... Real quick, like I said, Abe, we always like to review the beers on the show. So what we're going to do is, I'm a, you know, you got a cu cup here. You can pour up your beer, and we'll review this beer here today. And then also, guys, if you have any beers that you want me to try out or anything of that sort, please don't hesitate to put them in the chat. Uh, I poured my beer like an asshole. I don't know what I'm doing here. So as this <laughs> as, as this waits, uh, I'll just ask you real quick one time, um, Abe. Uh, before we go into closing, before we get into this beer review, um, if you had any type of words of advice to the people out there or anything that, you know, you could tell to your younger self, you know, what would you tell that person or how could you tell that person some advice to help them be a little bit more like Abe and a little bit more successful? You guys see me talk about it on Facebook all the time. Trust in the baby steps. Mm. Not every single success that you are going to have in life is going to be that big splash that that job promotion but even just doing the little things the, the just those little baby wins amount to a lot and they give you the motivation to continue to drive and go every single day so i i think it's important to 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 trust the journey take pride in the journey and appreciate those baby steps as as those are wins and at the end of the day wins a win hey Here's to the baby step. Shout out to Adam Stringer on our Facebook live stream. Mal Pacino. He said, I've literally never had another team and I'm 30. Hey, that's how Knicks fans are. We don't cheat. We're loyal, all right? So <laughs> cheers up. Um, Abe, I love you so much and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, bro. Hey, hey let's see how this beer is, all right? Hey. So on a scale of one to ten, Abe, what would you give this beer, man? That's good. I give it a seven. Mmm. I give it a seven. Solid seven. Okay. I like that. I like that. We have Steven who says the color of this beer is very nice. We have it's very light, you know, a little bit on the aroma. It's a little aromic, you know. Mm -hmm. So I get a nice aroma from this beer. So you know, if you're somebody that's looking for that, uh, definitely gonna want to check out this beer. Over at Red Tank. Again, shout out to Caroline. Shout out to everybody over at VW Liquors for hooking me up with this beer. This one is called Quentin Quarantino Pale Ale. That's good stuff. Yes, sir. But again, I'd like to thank Abe Galama for thank being a guest me, here on the show. Thank you for having me. You got a, you got a great show here. <laughs> Keep it coming. You're giving out content. Like you said, you're consistent. And a lot of people don't see. Yo, consistency is key, man. So just keep doing what you're doing. Proud of you, bro. Keep hustling. Thank you, brother. Hey, you know, there's no place but to go up, man. And you know, I think one of the things that you can show and what you have shown is that, 
you know, through hard times or, you know, through the things that are happening, you know, hard work doesn't go unnoticed. Whether that happens instantaneously or not, that remains to be seen. But if you continue to stay true to your core values, you continue to work hard and, and, and believe in yourself. And the key word, believe in yourself. Don't think you can do it. Fucking believe you can do it. Like, really believe that in your mm -hmm. mind. And I think that that takes a special person. It gets a special uh, sense of, uh, of comfortability with not only yourself, but the world around you to where you're trying to profess not just yourself, but what is it that you believe in? And that is something that, you know, means a lot to me is to, to come before here and to stand for something, uh, mm -hmm. Abe. And what I believe that you stand for is, is just, you know, and everything that I've gotten from here is just self-advancement. You know, you believe in, in strongly in, in progressing each and every day. Yep. And one of the things, that, like I said, that I've seen that you've done is that, you know, you have given out those opportunities to people. You have extended uh, the helping hand. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that, uh, you know, good deeds don't go undone, you know. So, you know, just keep being yourself, Abe. Uh, keep working hard. And, and, and the, the great things will continue to happen to you because, you know, what you've done is you've put yourself in position to not only get those opportunities, but take advantage of them, brother. Appreciate you, bro. Hell yeah, man. So, again, thank you to Abe for coming here on the show. And that, that about does it for our show today, guys. We're going to have Abe, uh, you know, head over here. Um, thank guys for tuning in. This is the Talk That Talk show. I'll see you later. Psych! <laughs> Psych, you thought we was done? This is a double feature, baby. We going into the 2021 for a second part of the episode, man. What y'all thought I was playing? You thought this game was over? And I got one even better for you. I don't know. I don't know if y'all ready. If you're ready, please put your drinks up in the air. If you're drinking, put the drink emoji in the chat. Tell me what you're drinking. And please give a big, warm round of applause for Josh Gaines, a.k.a. Heber! Thank you, Barry, for the opportunity, brother. Yo, what much. shirt do you have on That's there, bro? <laughs> <In> the <back laughs> oh, say less. So, you know, for those people that don't know, uh, Josh Heems is one of my really good friends. We play video games all the, time. all the time. I've known him for a very long time. But, you know, can you tell the people out there, who is Josh Gaines, bro? Josh Gaines is from Highland Park. I know a lot of my guys from Edison are on the chat. Um... Darius, so shout out to Darius. That's my cousin, you know, always holding it down, positive vibes. Um, so honestly, on the front lines right now, you know, doing what I can to help everybody out during this pandemic, you know. Oh, facts, Heems. And, you know, always I down for a good laugh, a couple of beers here and there. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that I think that, uh, like I said, that, you know, kind of gravitated towards is the fact that, you know, we, we, we spend so much good time, you know, playing video games. Always, and, always. You know, playing Warzone, playing PUBG. So can you kind of tell the people, you know, what you know video games mean to you and you know kind of tell them about our experiences about how we play it's my sacred space you know i, I think i've known you for almost 10 years now and uh through 2k but like we said PUBG, just countless hours of being able to just de-stress and um be in like my comfort zone where i'm having fun you know i, I love playing with us, our og crew me you jeff hanjan you know guys that like i would wake up and be like yeah i'm gonna see these guys they're gonna talk positive vibes catch a few wins you know 
it's something I just enjoy. It helps me really just decompress. Mm. And, you know, I think that one of the things that we have done, Heems, is that, you know, we've created, you know, a culture where, you know, we have people that are playing in the party and you have people that hang around the party. Shout out to Scorpizo who's tuned in. But, Always. you know, you have people that are in the party. So, you know, can you talk also a little about what those Xbox parties look like when we're on there? You know, typically you would have a party that has like three to four, but when I pop on sometimes, there's like nine or ten of us, and it's so awesome to have so many close friends that you know that can all just hop in the chat and just, you know, laugh it up. It's almost like being at like a bar or like a party or just being around your friends, you know. It really uh, really gets that social aspect of just talking with friends and staying connected with people that you know and love. Mm. We have uh, we have Reese who said, fix your hands, please. Stop holding the mic like that. I think he's telling you that's a <laughs> Take a like, a like a baby's bottle, right? <laughs> Reese with the slick comment on the Xbox and here. You got me. You again. gotta love him, man. But Reese, um, you got me. You know, Heems. You know, we were talking about before, kind of like you know, <laughs> you know what you body me. <laughs> We were talking about, you know, some of the things that you like to do, right? So, and you do like to play video games. But honestly, Heems, you know, what is it that you like to do in your free time aside from just playing video games? Um, you know what? I love going to the gym. That's another safe haven for me. I'm able to, like, lift weights, listen to music that really gets me pumped up, uh, stretch, and um, just become more centered. You know, through a, a rough work day, I think when you're able to come home and, uh, just be at like your local favorite gym and being in your spot doing the workouts that you love, being able to just sit back, relax and stretch and just, you know, get more centered. Mm. And you know what? I think that, uh, you know, being centered is very important. And it's mental some, health. You know, and we talked about it earlier with, For you know, sure. mental health and how important it really is. But, you know, how important is mental health to you, Heems? Um, you know, right now working on the front lines, it's so easy to get burnt out with just the stress of, uh, trying to help people out, you know, getting back on their feet. So the idea that you can come home and, um, like I said, get recentered, uh, find yourself in, like, your comfort zone where you're happy and uh, life doesn't take you by uh, surprise when, you know, tomorrow you know I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and get people back on track. And, you know, you talk also about, you know, the things that you do in your free time and, you know, how much of influence also that your job is. So, you know, can you talk about, you know, because you didn't have this job all the, the time, right? It's kinda, not. It was something that happened through the quarantine. So can you just take us through, you know, how, you know, your life changed from the quarantine, you know, and from this whole COVID and kind of where that helped you to get to your career path now? I want to piggyback on you and say shout out to Savion Gaynor with tie-dye socks. Um, shout out to say sky-dye socks. Um he called me up one day and was like, I got a good job, job opportunity for you. You know, I pulled up to the spot and within a few weeks they were like, you know what? You could work full time with us. So, you know, through the pandemic, I was able to, you know, start a whole entire new job. You know what I mean? Like a whole new career. Like I said before, say really shout outs to you for really put me on, um, you know, through that avenue, I was able to like get full benefits, premium, work in a whole different environment where, you know, as a bartender, you know, I'm helping you get drunk, but now I'm helping you get better. I just think that mm. when you're able to go home, and be like, you know what? I help these guys out, women out. They appreciated me so much. It, it feels a little, a, a little different for me. Facts. And, you know, one of the things that we have seen now is that, you know, upon your job, you've become vaccinated, right? So can you talk, you know, bring us through that a little bit about that? Like, you know, what was it like to get the vaccine? And was that something that, you know, your job mandated that you needed to do? Or is that something that you went out and sought to get? Um, you know, it's just stopping the spread. Um, you know, I, I think little history fact with like the Tuskegee experiment 
it really deterred African Americans from getting it. But like seeing people who are like um, higher up in like political places get these um, vaccines, you know, if they're getting it, I, I might as well too. Where I, I I actually work on the COVID floor, so I'm you know there so much. So I think there's something I could do to help myself to protect myself, people around me too. Okay, dope, man. You know, can you talk a little bit about what the process was like? Was it just like a shot? Did they get up your nose? Because I know a lot of people oh, um, are a little worried about getting tested because they don't want something to go up their nose and stuff. So was it like a really tough process or was it something easy? It's going to be uncomfortable. It always is. But the idea that you're getting checked for having COVID, I think, puts a less stressor on you for going in public places, hanging out with loved ones. You know, that's the first thing you can do is just get tested. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's, you know, probably two or three inches up your nose. But the idea to come back from negative lets you allow to, you know, be on an awesome show like this, you know. And, you know, we have uh, Peter who says, Heem's got to be the first black man we know to get it. Very courageous. And that's true because, you know, you have people like myself who said, I, I, I you know, I haven't even gotten the flu shot in my life. Yeah. So you think for sure I'm going to get the vaccine? I'm not sure. And, and I think that we have people that do argue for science. And I think that we, at this point, have to normalize that just because you have someone that is vaccinated doesn't mean that, you know, you exactly have to do it. And you, you don't have, have to. to. Yeah, you, don't you know? Nope. And, and I think that what you do is you come from a place of, you know, saving other people, you know? And I think that that becomes from a belief that you have in, you know, the science that's out there. So, you know, was it scary for you or did you feel... That where there was fear going into getting that vaccination? No, and uh, shout out to my boy Marcus Hughes, who I first saw get it first. He's one of my like good friends, someone I look up to. Uh, brother himself got it. You know, I talked to him about it. He said it was a headache for like an hour or two for the next day, which I also experienced myself. But I think from there, just like, you know, it's something I got to do. It's good for me. Um, but like I said before, Barry, you don't have to get it. You know, it's up to you. It's a personal decision. HIPAA violation. No one's going to ever make you get it. I don't think they're going to be denied any access to going to concerts or anything like that, you know? But, you know, what we have seen, Heems, is that this has become a reality to where, you know, people are really leaning on this vaccine for not just safety, but in a way, hope, you know? And, you know, what, what we spread. have seen and what we have seen is, is that there has been some things leak, linking to where they might put the vaccination on your passport or a certain entry you might not be able if you don't have this. Do you see that as as a, a future for us, or do you feel like that's a little bit of an overreaction? Super overreaction. That's in violation of HIPAA. Uh, you were never able to disclose your personal medical information to anybody. And um, speaking from a big business perspective, I don't think anybody's going to take a short and take money from you just because you don't have the vaccine. doesn't make sense. Yeah, and you know what? Like like we said, you know, you're very courageous, you know, for doing that and I and I thank you for taking that step because it. you know, it takes people like you to, you know, iron out the kinks that a lot of people said that, you know, they they were afraid of, man. And, you know, I, I wish you all the best. And, you know, like you said, you're a very courageous person to do that, man. But, you know, one of the things that we do talk about a lot is, you know, the influence that, you know, we have in the gym. And, you know, we're big L.A. fitness guys. Always. And, you know, can you kind of talk about, you know, how the, you know, the COVID or how that kind of transition, how you go about fitness these days? Um, You know, when you're chasing new goals and you're not trying to plateau, you find yourself grabbing higher weights than you really thought you would. I think this is a time to sit back and um, perfect perfect your form and really get on top of like your breathing techniques. Um, I seen a couple of guys today struggling to grab certain weights and you pull your mask down. Not necessary. Take this time to, like I said before, 
grab a weight, work on your form, work on getting the – if you promise yourself you're going to do 10 reps of 10, do that. Mm. You don't have to go higher than above that. Keep your mask on. Be safe with it. Uh, a couple guys I saw today were struggling to do certain weights. If you're doing bad form and your mask is off, both things just don't add up to a good workout. <laughs> it was so disappointing to see that today. Mm. And you know what, man? I think you're 100% right in that, you know, we, you know, there are certain things in place that kind of help us to, to make sure we're having the safest experience possible. And I know that, you know, when, you know, COVID had kind of shut down a lot of the, uh, you know, the gyms out there, you know, I had kind of supplemented that with running. And, you know, I've seen that that was, you know, that worked for me, but sometimes it's a little bit sustainable. And for me, what I've struggled with, Heems, and I'll talk to everyone out here like this, you know, I've kind of struggled with my consistency in the gym. You know, it's been something I really want to do, but at the same time, you know, being a human being sometimes is hard, but it's not an excuse. And, you know, I'm trying to get myself to that level of consistency because sometimes it's difficult to look in the mirror and not like what you see. So, you know, upon that, Heems, you know, and sometimes to where you're getting out of your consistency and sometimes you may be letting things go, right? You know, how do you kind of, you talked earlier about recentering. How do you kind of recenter yourself to get back into that fitness? From a person that used to go to the gym almost every single day before I had work, before I was working in the morning to the afternoon, um, I had a block in the morning where I was able to work out and not feel so stressed about time. But, you know, from getting up at 5 a.m. to being to work by 6.45 to getting out by 3.15, you know, I'm mentally and physically exhausted sometimes. Sometimes leaving work with a uh, – everything has to do with work. I'm, I'm, I'm uncentered. I'm unbalanced. So uh, I, I sometimes have a knack of going home, just going in my room and just – you know, laying on my bed and, you know, obviously playing video games, but it's the discipline from watching people around you who, you know, are getting after it. Mm. You know, shout out to Darius. You know, I'm all, I, I see him. I'm always like, you know, he's doing work. I see Stanley at, you know what I mean? Running too. And I'm like, you know what? These are, th these are my rivals in a sense where like, these guys are working. I'm working too. Mm. You know, uh, even Layla, you know what I mean? Shout outs to him, you know, um, Sterling too. You know, everybody's like, you know, you know, they're going hard. You know, when you see these posts about things, it's not a competition between us, it's, but it's just about embracing the fact that let, let's all grind. Facts. And you have Sterling who says that I'm holding people accountable. He constantly is calling me a fat boy, even though I want to punch him in the face. Dude, he, he I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even though I want to punch this guy in the face, I mean, it kind of motivates you to say, shit, I don't want to be a fat guy. I want to go out there and go to the gym. So, yeah. you know, where do you kind of find that that um, that level, Heems, that's between disrespectful and motivating you, you get what i'm saying it's a fine line I, um i know for me personally i used to like uh not necessarily lie to myself but be like you know what i'm at war you know what i mean like this is me coming to the gym and you know leaving with the best workout i possibly can but i think that um i'm in such a better headspace now that it's hard for me to find the motivation to like want to lift the world you know mm -hmm. I, I was so prone to like being like something bad's gonna happen to me let me just lift, you know what I mean? Let me do 10 different workouts and exhaust myself because the next day I'm going to feel great about it. But I think it's more being in tuned in a more positive and peaceful mindset where I'm like, I'm going to do this thing because it's good for me down the road. Mm -hmm. you know? And you know what? I think that that's a great segue because one of the things that we've kind of talked about and, you know, can be the, the, the downsides to Xbox Party, excuse me, is that, you know, sometimes it can be toxic, right? And we've been in those Xbox parties where they aren't exactly the most positive, right? But Always. one of the things that we've kind of talked about and what we've kind of embraced as, you know, within our 
you know, gaming community is that we've kind of embraced, you know, the positive movement or positive vibes only, right? You know, yeah. so, you know, and that's something that I think that not only on the Xbox that, you know, we talk about, but you've kind of like lived and embodied yourself, you know, over these past couple, you know, years, you know, from changing from those ways. So can you kind of talk about, you know, how, you know, where does that positive mentality come from? And is that something that you truly believe in, 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 in radiating these positive vibes? I used to get headaches from playing video games with toxic people. You know, you, you're pushed to a point where you're, you're like a push to like win the game. But I think, you know, looking back, like it, it, I would go to bed so mad sometimes to wake up so pissed off at the fact that we didn't win Overwatch games. You know, we lost in overtime. I think being able to play the video games that you love and not having that weight on your shoulders makes it that much more appealing for me to just, like I said, decompress. Because so many times, like even joining Facebook groups, like you post a cool video, you just, it's always shade, it's always toxic. And I'm like, I don't want to live in that realm. I think pushing positive, even towards my friends, I, I always felt it was like so weird when we'd always yell at like one another. And I'm like, but wait, we're all boys. Like, why, <laughs> like, why are we doing this to one another? We're arguing, cursing, saying things we don't really mean. Facts. And you know what? I think that, you know, when you start to be positive and what we've seen from some of our friends is they've really latched onto that you shit. Ready you ready know to win it. You know, winners win, losers lose. So the idea that I'm putting out a loser's mentality when I'm being mean to you for doing a simple mistake, it, it doesn't pay dividends to our winning ability. Facts. And you know what? Like, I think that one of the things that kind of enables us and, and it's funny to talk about video games in this way, guys, but, you know, what I've really taken with, you know, the Bazooka Barry gaming is... Shout out is to Bazooka Barry. Straight, straight up, man. Out, man. But what we've kind of, you know, embodied is we don't even treat video... Like, we don't even treat them as, okay, you play a game. We treat them as reps. You know what I'm saying? When you high get on the Xbox, high-quality high reps. reps. You know what I'm saying? If you're Every in you game out of it. that we play is a rep, you know? So, you know, can you talk about how we... And, and you are a part of this, man, because, you know, we weren't always 100 winners wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We didn't have 200 wins on PUBG. So when, for you, did it transition from just playing this game to we're getting reps? We have a team strategy, and it's sticking together, and it's, um, you know... Knowing your limits and just knowing to like listen to the guys around you. Uh, like I said before, we come together as whether it's a single, a duo, a trio, or a squad. Constant in communication with what's the best move for us to you know take down this team that's closest to us to push us that much further to a win. And I just think that's key. And the key to that is you know we have Ishabad Crane here. We have Peter who says high quality reps. Uh, oh, we did. We got the last. We got back to back wins in 2020. We got some of the last high quality reps of 2020. We have Theo Mahan who talks about non listening vibes, which gets me that's super amazing. annoyed. But what I'll say to you is this: is that you know the. Part of the reason that makes our friend group so good and why I've even been able to get 179 wins. I'd be nothing without you, without Thea, without Peter, without Jeff, without All crazy every, everybody. I wouldn't have been to 179 wins without that. And what that's enabled us to do is everybody knows their role. You know what I'm saying? And it maybe maybe you're the medic guy. Maybe I'm the guy who shoot. you know, I'm the laser dude. But, like, you know, how important, and, and let's let's take it to this bigger picture. They always talk about in philosophy. For people that know I was a philosophy minor, but for those philosophy people, they talk about seeing things from the balcony view, right? So from the from the larger scale, the bigger picture. How important is it for you or for people to know their roles, teams? Um, this is philosophy from Kobe. It was like, you know, know what you're good at and do it. You know, bring what you can to the table that you know you're going to be amazing at. 
And like we said before, if you're the medic, you know that you have the eyes to recover teammates who were downed. Or if you know you can use a bolt action sniper to like knock the guy from 200 meters away, be that guy, you know, stay in that lane to where you know you're going to be successful. Uh, so many times you meet with somebody playing and they want to try something new. You know, if we're playing a serious game and we're getting our serious reps in, mm -hmm. I don't want to see you trying. I'm going to try this new gun. Like, <laughs> Yo, I just started yeah. the DMR. And like, I think for me, that was trying the training zone, the unranked games, you know, but when you come with your best, with the people that you know, you're going to try to win with, you're doing what you, you're doing, what you do. You're doing what you know you can do best. Facts. You know, we have Peter, like sometimes we got to let Peter go. You know what I'm saying? He's going to lazy like three people. And sometimes you just gotta let it rip, you know. Um, I might go off on my side missions, but like we said, everybody trusts in the roles that they have within the team. And you know, we had a couple questions here to where I don't know if you played the new Resurgence map. Oh, Did you get a chance? Yeah, yeah. Me, so, Garrett Plasse, three in a row. I see you. Yo, Garrett, I see you on the top of the leaderboards. Yep. Once I get to 200 wins on Warzone, you better get a good lead because you know once I touch something, I'm gonna get a hundred, baby. You know the vibes, so. You know, Let's stay on to that there. top early. Let's but, it, you know, the question is, you know, what, you know, how do you feel about that new map, Peems? What do you think about the new Warzone map? Um, the original gameplay was actually uh, trios with um, a responding time. Resurgence. So if, you know, if you were to get knocked or downed, you could come back with a teammate alive in like 10 to 30 seconds. But it went from qu to quads without a responding time. But just the immediate interaction with people around you just makes the game that much funner. I know from a PUBG player, you can land in certain spots that you might not catch action for 10 minutes. You're catching action in probably 45 seconds. So the mm. idea that, you know, you get your gun warmed up and you're shooting and you're not stopping to the very end, probably. I think I really enjoy that aspect of it. And you know what? I think that it's a big thing that talks about, too, is that, you know, we've come from, you know, playing certain games. And I feel like, you know, Jeff talked about this earlier in my house, but we kind of pride ourselves on, you know, playing a wide variety of games, right? Always, always. And kind of like what we've geared ourselves, what we've gravitated towards has been the war zone, right? And, and I think that that gravitation towards war zone, again, to see things from the balcony view, is that we've seen a, a, a huge surge in, in the battle royale, you know, mode in terms of video gaming. So, you know, can you kind of talk about what the battle royale mode has done to change gaming as a whole? You know, from playing a Call of Duty game or even like before that with like Halo, we're so calm, you know, it's at most like a six on six. The idea of dropping in on a lobby in a map that has a hundred people and you come out on top just feels amazing. Uh, I think your intuitiveness, your ability to come together as a team, and the idea of winning a game like that, especially when it's the 20 people left, uh, my heart's pounding. I've, I haven't experienced <laughs> that in so long. A lot like of sweaty hands vibes. Sweaty hands. And I've, I, it's been so long since I had to kind of rush for a video game. But the idea of coming out on top just makes it that much sweeter. And to be able to repeat or even, you know, triple dynasty it is just one of those feelings that is almost ecstasy facts and, and you know what there was no better feeling than playing a game of PUBG for 28 30 minutes and getting a win and now you know playing a warzone game where there's so much quick fun action to where where you do win that game i mean the winds are crazy. I mean, my, my, my sister's boyfriend was walking the dog, and he said he heard me three, four blocks down the street yelling because we got the dove, you know, because that's the type big of energy. fun and joy, big energy vibes, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's something that, you know, I can never take away or you can't take away from the games because 
there's a certain feeling that you get when you win a battle royale game, you know? Top tier. And I think that that, in a hard way, has taken a lot of the great players that played good games back over to these battle royale games. And, you know, it's been a fun transition. It's one that I've definitely, um, how can I say, been, been, been a glad to be a part of. And another thing that we have seen as the technology has gotten better for video games, we've seen a lot of games that used to be, you know, staples in our in our in our past that have gotten remastered, right? So for you, Heems, what is a game that you played a shit ton back in the day that you would love to see remastered? And I'm gonna extend that question out to a lot of people out here too. What game would you like to see remastered? Me personally, and I played it a lot with my neighbor growing up, Jules. Uh, it was SOCOM Navy SEALs 1. Wow. Um, even with Oliver, too. Like, I remember playing so many weird one-on-ones with him. Uh, it's one of those games that, like, even though the PUBG is for the Xbox, it, it feels like it's the same as that kind of thing. You get one life, same kind of realistic guns, same uh, realistic maps. It's not really cartoony-ish. But the idea of having, like, an 8-on-8 with one of those games is one of those things I always die for. Oh, if you have Peter who said SOCOM as well, too. Uh, my boy Mark says Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Fire. I actually was a huge fan of the uh, Battlefront games as well, too. Those are yes, great sir. and new ones coming out. Um, we have Theo who said SSX Tricky. Ooh, Reese who yes. said Knees for Speed Underground. I'm all gonna, bangers. I'm going to give you two of my favorite ones, all right, that I would love to see remastered. I would love to see a GoldenEye 007 remaster. It is, it is, it is. And, and Next year, yeah, I read it somewhere. Next year. Bro, let me tell you something. There, before there was Battle Royales, there was everybody trying to get the R RPC-90s, those twin SMGs. Yep, or the Golden Gun. And, yeah, and, and you know what? Facility in the bathroom hot and, enough. If you had N64, best believe you had 007 GoldenEye. So for, for a remastered game, I would love to see that. And then, you know, as a... As a um, how can I say? Uh, honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. I was huge on Siphon Filter. Maybe a lot, a lot of people knew that game as Not PlayStation, but uh, Siphon Filter was definitely a, a dope game. It was one of those espionage games that kind of you know rivaled with um, Splinter Cell. But I, I definitely loved that game. We have people that said Kevin that said Warriors, uh, Mass Effect, yes, Warriors, so, uh, okay, Tony Hawk okay. Underground. Yo, let's talk about that real quick. You were huge in telling me. I should get the Tony Hawk Pro Skater remake. We talked about skate. We talked about to how you know is that a must buy game to get that Tony Hawk remastered? If you're from that era and you know you spent as countless hours playing those games, I, I think it's just so much fun to get back into it. It gives you that childhood rush of playing a game that you used to enjoy really playing a lot. For me, it was the soundtrack that really got me. It was the nostalgic of those of, of those maps. It was progressing, creating your own character. But we know with the new gen vibe, it's more for clear, you know, it's more pristine to it. So I think it's something I really enjoyed. Facts. And you know what? I, it's crazy. You must have read my mind because one of the things I definitely want to talk about is that there's a, a huge gap between the next gen consoles and current gen consoles. I've had people, you know, desperately ask me, how do I get a console? You have people that are saying, yo, you should wait until they get the kinks out. As someone that has the next-gen console, Heems, how important are, do you think that there is a considerable difference between the next-gen Xbox and the Xbox Series, uh, you know, the old one that we used to, that we just upgraded from? Coming from uh, um, a caveman from myself with having the original Xbox and never changing it, I know me and Hanjan had it together. The idea of getting the first Xbox to this new one has uh, really taken my game experience and even my gaming skills to the next level from, you know, rendering in issues from lagging just because of like the game speed and people around me 
the idea of hopping in this new gen system and being like top tier speed with it has really made me a way better player in this last couple months of getting that uh, system. Facts. And you know what? You know, I've, I've had a lot of fun. Even, and I think that the biggest thing and why I've had fun is that even though we have upgraded and went to the next system, you know, we're still able to play Warzone with our friends that have PS4. Always. With our friends it's that have Xbox. You know? well, I'm, I'm not brand new. And, you know, that was never possible when we were kids, bro. If you were having a PS2, you couldn't play with a guy on PS1. Never. If you had never. Xbox, you couldn't play with your homie that had Xbox 360. You had to beg your parents, please, can I get this for Christmas? Please, can I get it for Easter? You know, can I get it for my birthday? And what we've now seen is that from things being cross-platform and also being cross-generational, it's really increase you know the the overall people that are playing video games because everybody can play and it's accessible to play together so what i want to ask you is fortnite kind of was like the first game that kind of made the cross platforms right and you know kind of yep, really yep. made it to where everybody can play together do you see that as the future for gaming for every game moving forward you know what in terms of having consoles versus the pc i think it would be um a lot more attainable for the PlayStation and the um, Xbox to come together. PC, you know, if you put a couple racks into, like, a, a system, you're going to have high-quality speed. You're going to be leaving console in the dust just because of the mouse compatibility speed. But as far as the PlayStation and the Xbox, I don't see why not. I think that um, there's been too long, like, a, a beef between those two games. Why not come together and just enjoy playing with one another? Especially with games that, you know, you're, you know they, they, when it brings you so much joy... Why is it that we limit ourselves to who we play with, you know? And you know what? I'll ask this question too, Heems, because like we said, we've seen that cross-generational, cross-platforming game has changed gaming, right? And, yes, you know, I would say, you know, what changed with gaming over the past maybe decade, two decades, do you feel has changed gaming as a whole? Like what part of the gaming, or maybe it could be controller, whether it could be the game, whether it be the process, what part of gaming do you think really changed everything as a whole? For me personally, it was uh, the gaming objectives. I know for so long we've lived in like a single player at home mode by yourself, but the idea that you're able to log online to these huge lobbies, from, you know, playing from one player to Warzone being 150 players to being able to play with someone on Xbox and PlayStation, I just think that took gaming to a whole different level. Um, you're able to come together and just play a variant of different games that, you know, back then you just couldn't, you know what I mean? I, I couldn't imagine playing SOCOM with Xbox or even like, I know uh, Madden's not really compatible, but just games like that, you know, I, I thought it was so cool for that to happen. I think the biggest thing for me, Heems, that changed everything, and I think that a lot of people overlook is the analog sticks, yeah, man. Yeah, the analog sticks. I grew yeah, up right, literally man. hurting my fingers trying to fucking Hadouken on Street yeah. Fighter or trying to input those things for street, uh, um, Tony Hawk where you had to put in those to That's do the right. codes, yeah, even yeah. to put in the codes for GTA, right? These were all done off D-pads, and for me... You know, coming for the analogs, I thought that that was a huge difference. And that was able, right, right. even with the aiming, even with moving, you know, it kind of enabled us to to really highlight our skills and give us more opportunities to do things, right? And I feel like, you know, what PS5 has done with the adaptive triggers, and I think that that's something that a lot of people can talk about too, to where, where I'm playing on Warzone 
and you can feel the recoil from the gun based off of your triggers. I think that that's something that's definitely going to change gaming, and I hope the Xbox, you know, is coming too as well too, man. My um. My vibration from my control is actually off. <laughs> so we talk about he doesn't have his yeah, vibration, vibration on. Yeah. Off. Uh, <laughs> my Xbox control is connected to my uh, to my actual Xbox. I think it's uh, eliminates zero point five second time from your recognition from your controller to your actual Xbox, which gives you like a slight advantage for some who don't know that. But like I said before, my it's completely off. I don't want to have my hands shake when I'm doing something. I just think so it makes my gameplay a little bit more smooth. So peep, you know, you just dropped a little gem there, right? I think Ishabod has his um his vibration turned off too. But I want everyone to listen up and I want specifically to Sterling to listen. I want specifically for Javon to listen if he's tuned in. But, you know, we have people that we play with on, you know, Warzone that we metaphorically say we put them in the backpack, all right? They might not be exactly the best players. You know, they might be ass, per se. So for people like I that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't, I got your back. I didn't say that. So for people that struggle to get reps, what is something that you can give them, Heems, to maybe get better with Warzone or Battle Royale games in general? Um, I'm going to take a step further in video games in general. Um, YouTube, you, you're mm. always going to find people who are um, giving you the basics or just um, from amateur to, you know, right in the middle to advanced controls. You're going to find people who um, really give you the heads up on just different, like, uh, you know, different ways how to play the game and how to just do it differently, how to analyze certain situations and realize that if they're doing this, I'll do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for me, for PUBG, for even other games was um, if someone's hiding out in like a, a rock or a tree, throw a grenade, it's going to force them to a certain way. You know, mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing was you're going to one on one. You're just so uh, ADS and leaning over it. Get the clear advantage by throwing something and get them out of their hiding spot, which I learned from YouTube. You know what I mean? There's always going to be somebody out there who has you know, I think with a full-time jobs, it's not a knock against anybody else, but the idea that, like, this person has really embraced this as, like, a, a lifestyle thing and they're telling you how to get... I mean, it's also there, so it's not like you're cheating, you know, but I just think that, like, YouTube and, like, even Twitch, you know, watch these professional gamers out there, you know? Watch Bazooka Barry Gaming. Seriously, right? follow them right now. <laughs> video games, you know? Shout out to Six Years Later with Benji, you know what I mean? With the Rocket League, everybody, you know? Facts. And you know what? That's a, that's a huge thing, because my brother does watch people on Twitch, and, you know, that's the same thing for if you don't know how to fix your car, if you don't know how to do something around your house. People go to YouTube. Do the same shit with your video gaming, all right? If you're tired of getting your butt kicked by your friends, if you don't know how to stop the run on Madden, go to practice. Figure it out. You e know what I'm saying? E watch eSports. Watch eSports. Figure e it out on YouTube. For a reason. Yeah. Pros for a reason. Watch what they do. I've learned so much from watching professional Overwatch, professional uh, PUBG players, professional... Um, War zone, just like their tactics, you know, what guns are using. The the communication skill is so important. If you don't have people who are constantly looking left and right, letting you know that there's a team Northwest 250, also a team South 220, I mean, I'm sorry, 120, that's the what's one of the biggest keys to gaming is just call outs, you know, communication is key. Facts. And you know what? I think my tip kind of goes along those lines because what do you see that I'm wearing right now? A headset. If get you yourself a freaking headset. Game, and it's not a one. It's not a one-person game. Get yourself a headset. It doesn't have to be expensive. Something that you can hear somebody saying, 
220, I see two players. That's it. Pete, I know you're good with, uh, you know, finding good deals. Please put in the chat a great deal for someone to get headphones. All right, put in the chat anyone, if you have a great deal on Amazon somewhere to find a good pair of headphones. That's the best piece of advice I can give to, you know, young players or anybody out there that's looking to try and get better. If you want to really get better and you want to make your perfect practice perfect, go get yourself a pair of headsets because what I tell you, I've been able to tell whether someone's upstairs, downstairs, this far, that far. When you're able to hear, especially in a battle royale game where you're trying to be the last person standing, so many times people underestimate the value of what you hear. You know what I'm saying? Can you talk about that a little bit, Heems? Um. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest shooter ever. If you don't know someone's behind you, you can't turn around to shoot them. That's just what it comes down to. How you going to help me? I think when you start to enter not even a top tier level of gaming, but like wanting to take it more serious with good, high quality reps, Mm -hmm. the headset is key. It uh, being able to just tell somebody if there's two guys to your right, and I'm going to harp on that, or just you know, I might I might hear something to my left. The idea that our team can't go check that out, clear that section, and move on is key to winning because who knows who's hiding, you know. When you play these games, there's so many different glitches and things that you can learn to people are hiding in certain places, you know. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. Because if you're the last person on your team, pay passively, you know what I mean? But the idea that you can't let your team know that this is what's happening, you're always going to be at a disadvantage. Yes, communication is key, man. And you can't get that consistency if you're not telling people what's going on, right? Um, we have Ish that said, get yourself some Astro A40s. Shout out to Doc. She got me some Stealth 600s uh, from Turtle Beach. But like I said, excuse me, the headphones make all of the difference. And, you know, if you can't hear something, you know, it, it's going to be very difficult for you to try and help your team effectively, man. And Stick to your one-player games. You know what? <laughs> Stick to your one-player one player But, um, you know, I want to take it off video games for a little bit because what I want to kind of – I want to draw on the fact of just how motivated of a person that you are, Heems. And, you know, you talked before about how, you know, the pandemic really affected you and how you were able to use the opportunities that, say, gave you to make something, right? And I guess, you know, my question to you, Heems, is, you know, for a lot of people moving into the next year, we have a lot of people that have New Year's resolutions or things that they want to see changed, right? Um, I guess I just want to ask you, you know, what is it out there, Heems, you know, besides video games, you know, what is it out there for you that is a goal for you that's, you know, attainable and something that you can really see yourself doing here in 2021? For me personally, and um, this might be for everybody, is it was going back to school, you know, it was um, mm. trying to get my head back in a book, you know, my, my, my commute to work is so long, so I find myself listening to audio books, so I my boy Devin Coates really put me on a bunch of good ones to really... um. You know, it, when your car is, when, I'm sorry, when you're driving your car, it becomes your mobile university. Mm. You're able to take. Can you say that one more time? When you have a long commute to work and you're in your car, listen to audiobooks. It is a mobile university. Mm. You are able to just attain so much information while driving. And I think from there, you're able to um, harbor on these, you know, what you've learned d- during your day of work. So it, your day doesn't go by so slow. You're able to, like, what work while, like, thinking about these things. How can I make myself better today? Um, the, the, the motivation, I know Abe said it now is awesome, is thinking about your kids, you know. But if you're not in a position to have that right now, take it day by day. And how can I make myself better, you know? Um, goals attain every single day or even by the weekly, I think, are so important. Uh, 
There's nothing wrong with doing a to-do list. Like today, I want to go to the gym. I want to, you know, even if it's putting air into your tires, it's something like Darius said, wake up, do something. Mm. Meditate. I think meditation is so key. And I think it's so undervalued in the African-American community where you wake up and take a few minutes to just, whether it be a candle, sit, sit within yourself just to say like, today, I got that. Repeat that kind of notion to yourself, to the idea that when I, like today's going to be a good day, you know, everyone works and work. It's not always going to be fun. It's always, God damn, it sucks sometimes, you know, yeah. I, 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 I'll take it there. But the idea of being like, this is a stepping stone to doing something that I want to work with. You know what I mean? Like, um, Rome wasn't built in a day. Facts. You know what I mean? So the idea that you're not taking it stone by stone to build your empire is so key to me, you know? But how hard is it really to be patient? I mean, like I said before, and I hate to keep harping on it, I mean, you know, I'm trying my best to be patient, but I'm hungry, man. I'm tired of being on this other side of, you know, where I can't, per se, help myself, you know? So where does it come for you for that patience? Where does that patience come um, from? And for someone that may struggle, where can you acquire that patience? Don't be overzealous about what success actually is. Um, mm. Success isn't um, a short-term thing attained. It's not like a, a long-term, like when I die, I was successful. I think every day when you're able to set up goals and you meet them, that day was a successful day. You know what I mean? Um, making $100,000, that's a gr awesome goal, but that's not the determining factor of what your success was. You know mm. what I mean? Um, your success is built on a lot of small layers. It's not just one big thing, one big thing, one big thing. It's this thing, this thing, you know, and they're so thin sometimes. It's about just making, you know, smart decisions, whether it be, you know, today I'm drinking, you know, a gallon of water. Um, I'm, I'm calling my mom to say I love them. You know what I mean? It's, it's so many different things that can attribute to what success actually is. And um, with your patience comes from knowing that, like, you know, today might not have been my day, but I know damn well tomorrow I'm back on my shit, mm. you know? And I just think it's so key because, you know, right now for everybody, um, we're in a pandemic, you know what I mean? The idea that you can't do what you want to do, don't let that deter from you from, like, you know, building yourself up. I think having future goals, like what Abe said before, five-year plan, it's good, but you got to take day by day by day. Simply thinking about five years from now won't get you to what you want to be from three months from now. Mm. And you know what? I think that that's, you know... That's something that I've always, as a as a mentor that I had as a nonprofit, and then even tell some of the younger people that do look up to me, you know, we always talk about appreciating the process, you know, and I couldn't have gotten to the OG9 if it wasn't for the OG1, if it wasn't for the OG3, you know, I wouldn't be there, and, and sometimes, I won't, I won't say something, all the time, you have to be able to willing and there was somebody that's, it was an, actually, it was an NBA 2K21. And shout out to NBA 2K21 because, you know, their cutscenes they, they really Fire. stepped it up. Fire. Fire. But, Fire. And I keep referencing what he said because it was so powerful in that cutscene. But literally, I've had that experience so many times over these past months. But he said, and I don't know if, that, if you two real 2K21s out head, uh, heads out there, listen. The guy that was a father, whatever your metaphorical path is, he said straight up, you have to be willing to give everything, give it everything you got and still have it not be enough, you know? And I think that that's something that the pandemic has kind of highlighted for us that, 
You know, you can give it everything you got. You can do everything in your power to be successful. But that shit just isn't enough sometimes. So what are you going to do about it? You know, and I think that this show, you know, has really given me a reason to do something about it, you know, to highlight people like Abe that can put people in a position to, to get better, to, to have my friend say on from a couple episodes who gave him his new career path. You know, you have people that are in elevated positions that look down on you and say, look at you. What is wrong with you? How come you can't get up here? Or you have other people that are up top that want to pull them up with you and say, come up here with me, Let's you know, come up here with me. And I just think that, you know, that's just so important within our own community as well, too. And I think that's something that Abe touched on. I think that's something that you touched on just with video games. But when we look at it from, again, the balcony view to say, hey, here I am as a leader of my community. Here's somebody who I have a podcast. Let me bring on Abe, someone who can, you know, to school someone to be better. Let me bring on, you know, Heems here to show you guys just how much video games mean to us. And it's not just something you can waste your time with, right? These are things that mean a lot to us and thing, or to me specifically. But the overall arching thing that I want to say is, is that this. When you're in a position up top... When, pause. When you're in a position higher maybe than other people or you have certain influences, it's very important to make sure you use them the right way. And I value you, Heems, and I value you, Abe, and all the people that I brought here on the show because the main point that we get here is that, you know, when you're in that position and, like I said, where I am to bring people on the show – you know, you have to exercise that and you have to make the most of it. Because if I bring someone on this show that isn't, you know, a reflection of myself or doesn't exactly share the same core values as I do, then the message can get very dangerous, bro. So how, how do you, Heems, how do you decipher the difference between what message is influential to me and that's positive or something that's negative that just needs to get the vibes out of there, man? You need to look at yourself first and foremost and say, and I, I talked to your father last week and it's the first time meeting him. I think we had such a great conversation about chasing your peace. Something that's going to make you level-headed. Something that's going to like um, make you feel good. I know so many times we get caught up in like um, an archivistic thing where it's like uh, he's doing that. So that's what's go to. You know what I mean? What, what may be good for him might not be good for you, you know? And I think you have to realize that that's something that's going to bring you peace and bring you joy. So many times we were so reluctant to um, embrace what we have as a person. You know what I mean? I think we're we're so quick to hop on social media and look at all these uh, these pictures. People are like, but it's it's a picture in a frame. You know, who's to say what's going on outside of that? You know, we we don't know what they're going through, what they're dealing with. But I just think it's something that you're able to like look at you and your people around you and say, you know what, this is good for me. This is good for us. Let's come together and build to be positive. And I think that the biggest thing that you talk about is just being vulnerable, bro. Like, you know, it's not easy to come here on this show and be yourself. You know, you have sometimes people that, you know, want to say something to get a certain, you know, reaction or to get a perception out of things. But it takes a certain level of vulnerability to not sh only share people who you are, but also to get people to understand who you are. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I respect you. I respect Abe. And I respect anybody that's come on this show because it takes that level of vulnerability to create the progress and to create the change that not only we want to see, 
but that we want people to understand. And I just appreciate you for just being vulnerable, man, and coming real, here on man, this show. Bro, I, I think that's a, a sign of strength to be vulnerable, you know. Too far, too, uh, too much, we're so high and mighty, you know. But I just think when you're able to just express yourself in a way where, you know, you're not afraid to take um, slack or, you know, some type of response back to you that you, you, you may not like and be able to push forward, that's, uh, you know, significant and really, you know, becoming a person that you really know who you are. Facts, man, and you know we're get we're getting close to the end of the show here, man. So like I said, I want to thank you so much for coming here on the show, Eames. I mean, guys, thank you for having me, man, for, for real. For a double feature episode to be, you know, to be here at you know episode eighty six, and we're at over an hour and a half of content. Y'all better not ever complain about Barry not bringing the heat because we've been dropping some gems here today. So before we end this show, Eames. I gotta have you. You know, we had um, Abe participate. Shout out to Abe. You know, are are you down for uh, one more beer review? Yeah, I'm down for. All. <laughs> so here we go. We have my, my middle name. <laughs> his, his, his middle name is Beer Heems, yeah. right? So we have a brew dog beer. Um, it's called Hazy Jane. It's a New England style IPA. How do you generally feel about IPAs, Heems? You know, working from the Harvest Moon, I had in the past such an awesome you know opportunity of drinking a lot of IPAs and beers. You know, this is a wholesome beer that's not it's not light. You know, it's going to leave you with a good taste, good feeling. Something you really judge like a bold character on. You know, Miller Light. Shout out to them, but it's you know it's a certain taste to this kind of beer. Facts. And you know what? Being here on the show, you're a special guest. This is how you pour a beer, Barry. Oh, how you pour a beer? Show him. Look, look, look at look at the head. I I didn't have that, that much. Let's one. see what he had. Let's see. Hold it up, guys. Let's hold the beer. Let's do it. Let's do a phone check. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know. It's, like it's, <laughs> it's kind of similar, guys. I don't hey. know who, had, who poured the My beer boy, better. Show me how to pour a beer. <laughs> Wait, we have Peter that said, uh, "Heems, always remember though, pup up." <laughs> always, <laughs> always, always. You know, <laughs> I'll play you on Xbox later. Oh, I'll keep man. it to the positive vibes in the show. Positive vibes, but here, like I said, we have the Brew Dog Hazy Jane. Cheers up! Let's give the people a fair, fair beer review here. Cheers right? to an awesome show, Barry. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, brother. Damn, you just yo, you heme that. He, he literally heemed the beer. You know the vibes. Are we still recording on this one? Yes, All right, good, good. Guys, we have been going so long that I had to that make sure beer. that the, the, the episode is recording on our YouTube. So please, remember, everybody, check on our YouTube channel. Check on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, Heems is, like I said, somebody that is you know, been a, a, a real person, been his, his true self. And, you know, when you talk about surrounding yourself around people that, you know, push you to do positive things, you know, Heems has been one of those people. You know, my boy Abe has been one of those people who came on the show. Yes, sir. And mainly, like I said, the main thing that I want anybody that watches this show or any time that you get on that, I want you to understand that anybody that come on this show is not a regular person. That's somebody that means a lot to me. You can't just come on the show and say, hey, I feel like I want to be on the Talk That Talk show. That's just not happening. Not going to happen. But, you know, the people that I bring on this show are a direct representation of who I am and who I choose to surround myself around. And the last bit of advice that I can tell you guys out there, I, I, I try to give something at the end of each show, but... 
the main thing that I can say is just surround yourself around people that influence that that influence you to do great things, all right? You know, you can be around a bunch of bums, but what is that going to do? Make you a bum, right? Be good, be great. You know what I'm saying? You know, we have Abe here saying this, like, please, and, and don't take this shit lightly. Surround yourself around people that will make you be better. And if you do that, I promise you, you'll have anything and everything that you want in life. I'm not exactly where I want to be right now, and I'm trying to grind. But what I'm telling you is this. I'm going to continue to surround myself around people that will help me to get to the place that I want to be. And, you know, to have him wearing this shirt, to have Abe wearing his shirt, you know, to, to be able to put out this type of stuff, man, you know, it means the world to me. You know, you know, before we get off, Heems, what does it mean to you to rock a Talk That Talk Show shirt, bro? Anybody's hard work, you know. I, I just think that you're so related about the people around you where, like, hard work is attainable, you know. We're not living on like a, a dream. We're not giving. We're not getting handouts. We're really grinding for what we have from the OG one to where we are right now. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. But it's not something that you pop up once in a while to work hard for. It's not something that you know. Every day I do a little bit. No, it's something that I, I think you get up and you you just have these visions of greatness and you have these things that you say to yourself like you know this friday this is gonna be the content that we give out this isn't something that we give a half-ass effort to facts so man. we're in this kind of stuff when i'm at the gym too two extra two sets of reps you know what i mean extra something just to you know just to keep it with the quota facts man you know putting on that shirt you know it means something not everybody can get a shirt too people ask me why you know why can't you just buy this shirt you know why, time with it you know i mean look if you slept on this og9 release you slap. You're not getting one. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that, you know, there's a specific reason why we don't mass produce all these things. I mean, we make a certain amount because, you know, we kind of cater to the people that 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 putting this shirt on, it means something, you know. And as long as I'm going to be before here on this mic, as long as I got this light here, as long as I have Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. I got my friends here on the show. I promise you all that if you wear this shirt or if you want to find and seek a way to, to wear this shirt, I promise time. you it's going to mean something. You, it, you're not going to just be able to put that shirt on and say, oh, that's just a shirt. Having that talk, that talk show, it means it means that you're going to work extremely hard. It means you're going to give 110%, and it means that you're going to influence people around you to do uh, to be the best person to themselves, be the best version of themselves, and to be the best version of yourself. And that's the reason why you are able to wear that shirt, and, and I thank you so much, as always, for supporting me, Heems, whether it's on Xbox whether it's on the support of the, the these releases, just shout outs, man. Shoutouts are free. Yeah, man. No, doesn't no. take too much. I, I mean that. Doesn't shit, take man, too much you to know? you know repost a, a retweet. You know, highlight somebody in your Instagram post. I always try to shout out your, your wins on um, Warzone. Something to just give recognition to people who who deserve hard work. Right, man. Before you know, people are so quick to put on Fendi, but they don't want to support black businesses. So thank you so much, you know, for supporting me, brother, and supporting Always, brother. my vision. My big bro. And like I said. We had the great opportunity of having a dollar um, raffle for one of these OG9 shirts. So can you just real quick show them what the back and the front looks like? We have on the back, we have the Talk That Talk Show with the established 2019 here. And then on the front, Hemers, we have the small print over the breast. If you did not get a chance 
to put in a dollar. I'm sorry, but you know, over the course of these episodes, they're gonna have chances to, to win some merch and to get in. So please do not sleep. And to that note, let's bring it over, Dad. All right. Heems, you got one job and one job alone. You're gonna push that button in the middle, and we're gonna space see space bar. Yeah, and we're gonna see no the, the, the click button okay. right here. And we're gonna see who won themselves an OG9. So everyone that supported on the dollar raffle for the OG9, here is the raffle for the very last OG9. Here we go. Alright, in the spin wheel. Let's go! Spin it! And Run the it up. winners, who's the winner? Doc G! Let's oh. go! <laughs> Doc G! Doc G is the winner. She gave me very specific instructions that if she was the winner, we got to spin the wheel again. So what do you think? You going to spin it again? I think I will. All right. Shout, shout out to Doc G. You are the winner. We'll get you a special prize, girl. You got it. All right. <laughs> we're going to uh, done, right? Yeah, and then we're going to spin, spin it again. again. In the middle. In the middle, right here. Non-listening vibes, guys. Non-listening. <laughs> Rookie by. All right, we're going to spin the wheel yet again. And the winner is Marissa. 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 Shout out to Marissa. You had a fresh, fresh draw. Oh, man. Shout out to Marissa. You know, I haven't seen her since the York College days, but, you know, she was somebody that was so happy to support, and I thank her so much, man. So, Marissa, I'm going to get your address. We're going to send out your shirt immediately. Uh, look, she said, yeah. 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 She spelled it like a Jersey kid, yeah, you too. You know the vibes. Yeah. You know the vibes, man. Big That's vibe. huge time vibes, man. Shout out to Marissa. Um, she got married over you know, the past couple of years. Congratulations, um, congratulations. congratulations to you. Um, she's building her family. Um you know, Marissa, you're a great person, and who better to win the to win this, man? So, you know, we spent a lot of time in college having fun, and you know, I appreciate you for you know supporting in this show, and we're gonna get a shirt sent out to you. So, shout out to Marissa for being the winner, and Doc G, don't forget, girl, I'm gonna give you a special surprise. All right, don't uh, worry, you got the you got the win there. But to everyone out there, <laughs> cheers up. Um, this is the Talk That Talk Show. We had Heems come on, and we had Abe here as a guest on the show. Slide on over, Slide Abe. On over, Abe. <laughs> Yo, let's tell you what. Josh asked for all three of us to be here on cam. So I here, to do everybody. It's been an awesome episode. Oh, man. This, like I said, Theo said this could be one of the best episodes of all time. Look at it is. Um, you know, we had almost me, 30 people, 40 people here on the live stream, so... Um, like I said, it means the world to me, guys. Um, you know, before we head off here, I'm gonna give each one of these guys one last chance to say something. But before we do that, we gotta get into our sponsors. So shout out to VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. Let's go, Mets! Let's go, Mets! We do that for Dave at the end of the show. I love Dave. I love Caroline. I love Neva, Crystal Dice, Gabe, all of them. Uh, they're, they're doing great things, man. Tim, you know, you guys are awesome, bro. And shout out to Air We Are, best air conditioning and heating needs that you have. Shout out to 91s.com, best acid washer power in the game. My boy Savion Gaynor at Skydive Socks. Um, Joe Snow and Maria over at New York Life. 
Um, you have great people over at Ink Parlor and my boy um, Timmy Hugel. Uh, yo, like I said, guys, you know I got I got great sponsors. Um, I got great people that believe in me, and I'm gonna give you guys the floor to say one last thing before we head off the air. So, Abe, you gonna start it off? You have one thing to tell the people before you get off here. I mean, first and foremost, like I said, Barry, thank you for having me here. Same, same, same. This is this is a great show. This is a testament if, to, to to your fortitude to be able to you know come on here, grind every single and week, every Friday. So, That's not easy. So again, hats off to you. Um, I think the one thing I want to touch on that you nailed on was surround yourself with people around you that are really going to move you to the next level. I I don't even have to repeat it. Fact that 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 that's key, and I think it, everybody needs that. You need people that are going to consist consistently push you to be better, and they're going to help you do that. So yeah, so I got. Thank you, Abe Galama. You know, great words, man. And like I said, I appreciate you as being one of those people that are influential forces for not only myself, but for our community, man. So thank you again, appreciate Abe. You, you the man, dog. And, you know, in closing, Heems, what you got to say, bro? Shout out to the Heem team, man. Shout out to Bazooka Berry Gaming. <laughs> you know, follow Bazooka Berry on Twitch first and foremost, and then you're going to get a lot of thrills watching him game a lot. Gives out good content, positive vibes. Shout out to just, like, when I'm going to tag on and piggyback what uh, Abe said. Surround yourself, people. We're gonna push you to the limit to make you do better. Facts, man. This, this is one of those things that's gonna take you to the top in life. Yo, shout out to him. Shout out to Josh Gates for you know being here on the show. And my closing part to you guys: continue to be yourself. You know, surround yourself around the right people. Believe in yourself and talk that talk, yo. You my name what? is Barry Holmes, and we out of here. All right. <laughs>